days he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, and through whom he made the universe. The Son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. So he became as much superior to the angels as the name he has inherited is superior to theirs. Thanks be to God. Um, your service sheets, because you've got the Bible passage uh, on there. And whilst you're getting those, uh, we have some bands of marriage uh, to read. And Fantastic. Well, please do uh, have uh, that, um, that passage in front of you on your uh, notice sheets, and that will be uh, really helpful. We're diving into, as uh, Chris was saying, we're diving into this uh, new series in the book of Hebrews. A book of Hebrews uh, written to people uh, probably from, from kind of Jewish descent, uh, but they were people who'd become Christians, uh, and they were finding it hard. Persecution had come. Um, I'm told that um, for those of us mere mortals, unlike Chris, um, who, uh, who, who run marathons, about two-thirds of the way through, um, I say unlike Chris because for Chris, running a marathon is like a, a jog of a morning, uh, but for the rest of us, about two-thirds through, uh, what happens is, is apparently you hit the wall, and the wall is the point where you are just physically and emotionally and, and mentally exhausted, and it feels like you can't possibly go on. Uh, these, these guys have, have hit the kind of spiritual equivalent of the wall. Uh, they used to be in a, a, a legally recognized a religion, a religion where people might look at them and think of them as odd, but at least they were virtuous. And now they're seen as part of a dangerous sect. And the persecution comes, and times have got hard, and they're asking the question, do, do I keep going with this? Uh, do I carry on? Or actually, should I go back? Should I go back to what I was used to before? And I guess for us, there'll be all sorts of different folks here today. Uh, for some of us, I, I know because I've chatted with you, uh, you've just come to know Jesus and you are super excited about him. And that is fantastic. That's a wonderful place to be. My hope is that looking through this book will prepare us for those days when things get harder, uh, like the athlete eating their carbs uh, and preparing mentally for that wall that they're going to run into. Uh, that's what I hope this book will do for us. Others of us have, uh, have not been part of church for a long time and have come back. I hope similarly uh, for you. Uh, others of us, though, might be in the place that the Hebrews, the, 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 the readers of the Hebrews are, uh, that God feels somehow quite distant to them now. Like, he, he used to be close, but, but now it just feels like I'm spiritually exhausted. And maybe the temptation is there just to back off a little bit. Uh, not, not to be quite so uh, outward with my faith. Maybe just to step away from church family or to step away from commitments or to step away from reading our Bible. Maybe for some of us, actually, we're hanging on by our fingernails at the moment. And the question is, am I going to keep doing that? And my hope 
is that this book will help us. Because if I was to summarize the book of Hebrews in three words, and I think you can, the book of Hebrews says this, Jesus is better. Jesus is better. Uh, the, The writer to the Hebrews wants us to be so enamored with Jesus that we wouldn't want to go anywhere else, that we, that we couldn't go anywhere else if we tried because Jesus is, is better, better than any other alternative. Jesus is, is better. That's what he wants to say to us uh, today. So how then does the writer do that? Well, they start like this. They say, uh, in the past, God spoke. God spoke. That's what they say. God, God speaks to us. Now, immediately... That is a massive, that's a massive statement, isn't it? Because if you go out and and chat to people and say, what's God like? Then there'll be all sorts of ideas of things that people will say. Because how can we really know a a God who's up there when we're down here? How can I really know a God like that? The writer to the Hebrews says God spoke. This is a God who wants to make himself known and is able to speak to people even thick people like me. He can speak to us. Uh, he spoke to our ancestors uh, in, in, many, in many times or in many parts in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son. He says, uh, not only does God speak, but he has spoken. It's in the past tense. Uh, in other words, uh, God has, uh, has, has come to his, his final uh, word. Uh, his final word of revelation then is his son. God has spoken. I don't know if any of you uh, were into, um, uh, into the Star Wars spin-offs on Disney+. Plus, uh, But there's a wonderful character in one of those. Uh, and um, it's in the Mandalorian and, and they're kind of arguing about stuff. And his catchphrase was, I have spoken. And that was the end of it. And, 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 and it was, I'd, I'd, I'd love to be able to do that. Can you imagine with the kids? <laughs> Put your shoes on. No, I have spoken. Okay. Um, that'd, be, that'd be great. That wasn't in my notes. Sorry. <laughs> Went off on one there. But, um, but God has spoken in his son. He, he's had uh, the, final, the final word is there in his son. And again, it might be that you're listening along to this and you're thinking, that, that, sounds, kind of, that sounds kind of draconian. You know, like God's spoken. He, he's had the final word. I, I, I don't like the, the, the person who always has to have the final word. It sounds draconian, maybe. And yet, actually, that's what relationships are like, aren't they? Let's just think. Any decent relationship that you are in, a friendship, a marriage, a, a, a co-workers, uh, there are places where somebody will say, uh, this, is, this is my final word on this. I, I, I can't move uh, on this. So, a uh, little silly example. When I uh, married Rachel, that's not silly, that's wonderful. Uh, but uh, w- when I married Rachel, uh, I knew that we would never be having beans on toast. Because uh, Rachel's final word is that beans are, are awful. Baked beans are the worst thing in the world. Uh, and actually, I happen to agree with her, so that was fairly easy. Uh, but but there, are those, there are those places in relationships, aren't they, that people say, look, this is, this is what I'm comfortable with. This is what I'm not comfortable with. This is where I'm happy. Uh, this is where I'm, I'm not. Uh, and relationships work best where we respect and understand those. In fact, where we contravene those, that's where relationships get really messy, don't they? 
you know I'm not comfortable with this and you did it anyway. See, relationships are, are about bearing with one another, uh, hearing uh, the, the, the final word of others, uh, allowing others to speak things to us that sometimes we might disagree with. In fact, relationships break down when, when we don't allow that, not just when we contravene it, but when we don't allow it. Um, there was a, a, a great and terrifying book um, uh, uh, by uh, Aya Levine, or Le- L-I-V-L-E-V-I-N, back in in the 1970s, about a group of men who who, who didn't like the fact that their wives would disagree with them, uh, would have places where they would say, "Uh, actually, I'm not comfortable with this or that. I I want to do this or that. And slowly, uh, these men start changing their wives. Eventually, actually, it's, this is where it gets a bit far-fetched, but it's also hor- horrible. Uh, they, uh, they, they make them into robots. You might have seen the film Stepford Wives. And what they have there are wives who will do whatever they want, will never say no, and yet they don't have a relationship there. They, they, they've just created a, a robot. It's... It, it's not a relationship. No, relationships come through recognizing and bearing uh, with one another. And here's the thing. The book of Hebrews tells us that God speaks. That God speaks and his final word is in Jesus. Uh, And that means that I can't change who he is. I have to listen to what he says. I can't create a Stepford God, a God who never disagrees with me, a, a, God, who, a, a God who always, uh, always uh, agrees with me, tells me what I want to hear. Now, if God speaks, that means that there should be times when I feel like his way is not what I want, like he's calling me to love somebody that I don't naturally do, or to spend my money differently to how I would want to, or to spend my time differently than how I would want to, or to parent differently to how I might naturally. And where I ignore him, I create a step for God. You do what I say. And Jesus is God's final word to us. So as we come to to Jesus, uh, we see one uh, where Jesus says, this is is who God is. This is how uh, I am. This is how I relate to you. Uh, And and as I come to Jesus, uh, what the writer to the Hebrews says, uh, I want you not just to accept that as, okay, this is how it is, uh, but to love that. So let me show you who Jesus is, he says. As we, um, as we come to um, somebody like uh, Jesus, we, we often see him as the prophet, the priest, and the king. That's, that's a kind of a Bible way of doing it. Uh, here, uh, the writer to the Hebrews says, look, who is this final word of God? Uh, he is the king. Do you see that? In these last days, he's spoken to us, little number two, by his son or in his son, whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom he made the universe. This is, this is the one who is, is the heir of all things. If, um, if, a, if a very rich person has a, has a single child, 
and they die, then, then she inherits everything that her mother has. She inherits everything, doesn't she? Here, this son inherits all things. That There is nothing that isn't his by inheritance. Nothing we can think of or uh, no place that we can go, no time we can go. Uh, nothing isn't his. But he is also the one through whom God made the universe, literally the ages. He, he, he made uh, all things. Not only does he own all things, but there's, there's nowhere in history that he doesn't uh, make and create. There's nothing that he doesn't do that with. Uh, and that means that, that, that he is qualified to be uh, the final word. If I want to find out about um, a workplace ministry, there are very few people that it's better to speak to than Ali Creasy. She, she's thought it through. She's lived it. She, uh, she knows it well. If I want to know about physics, Chris Booth is, is a great person to ask. But if I want the final word on those things, they can never give me the final word because... There's a whole universe out there. Uh, there's, there's a whole millennia or two or three or four or five behind us. And maybe who's to know what's to come? They can't give me the final word, but, but this king can. Because he created the ages. Uh, he, he's a king. Uh, I'll move on quickly. But, but he, he's uh, also a prophet. Uh, verse, uh, verse 3, uh, the sun is the radiance of God's glory, the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. Um, did, did you notice back in, in, in verse 1, when describing the way God speaks, uh, we're, we're told that in the past God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets. And then verse 2, in these last days he's spoken to us by, or, or literally in his son. He spoke through the prophets. He speaks in his son. There's a difference between them. It's a bit like this. When I go down to um, uh, Totley All Saints School, I'll go and I'll, I'll ring on the bell thing. Uh, and, um, uh, and invariably, what will come back is, is some sort of crackled... <laughs> who? Uh, at which point, I, I kind of wait for a pause and I say, uh, is Ben here to see Y6? Um, and then there'll be another crackle, and then I might, if I'm lucky, get the word in at the end, uh, and then the door will open, and I'll go through, uh, and I'll, I'll go to the reception desk, and there I will meet the person that I've just spoken to, and I can hear her beautifully clearly. Uh, why? Because the first time I'm, I'm, I'm hearing in parts through the intercom that's slightly dodgy. Uh, then I see the reality in, as I meet with the person I was speaking to in the flesh. God speaks by or in Christ Jesus because Christ himself is the very radiance of God's glory. Uh, if you like, uh, when, when God shines out his glory, uh, as, as, as he kind of shines out, it's Christ through whom he's shining out, or it's Christ who is shining out. It, it, what, 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 the, what the light and heat of the sun is to the sun is, is Christ to, to God's glory. If you want to see the shininess and glory of God, look in the face of Jesus Christ. That's what he's saying. But he's not just the radiance of God's glory, the shiningness. Uh, he's also the exact representation of his being. Uh, like if I was to get uh, uh, one of those old letters and put some, some, um, some wax on it and then to, to press, a, uh, press a seal into it, it would make an exact replication of that being. What we've got in, in Jesus is the exact replication of God. 
the very brilliance and glory of God showing and shining. It's incredible. In fact, if you'll allow me to geek out for just two minutes, it is Trinity Sunday after all. Um, these, these verses were really important in the early church in understanding the doctrine of the Trinity. We see, and I'll be very quick with this, and we can talk more at another stage, that he is the radiance of God's glory, that Jesus is, shares the very same essence or nature of God as God the Father and the Spirit. He is one God, and yet, just as the imprint is different to the thing that imprints it, it's the same, but it's, it, 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 it's two separate things, the stamp and the imprint. Uh, so we see that Jesus is absolutely God in essence, but unique in his personhood. He's one God, uniquely personal, holding uh, his nature of being as, as the Son. We can dive into that at greater depth if you like. But we see there one God, three or well, two persons here in, in this passage. What's better place could God point to to show you what it's like to speak about what he is like than pointing you to his very self, to his son? There is no better prophet. There's no better means by knowing, of knowing God than God himself coming. He's the one who knows all things, the final word. He's the final word because there's nothing better to speak of him but He's also the final word because he is our great priest. Some of us earlier might be thinking, okay, if relationship is, is bearing with one another, uh, is, is, is kind of having those, those final words, I, I, I get that God might have final words, but w- what about me? How, how does he bear with me? Well, there are lots of things about us that we won't change. Uh, one of those things is our propensity to stuff things up, to, to make mistakes, isn't it? I do that all the time. Uh, the Bible often calls it sin. And yet, what does God do? Uh, the Stepford God would look at us in our sin and say, well, I'll, I'll lower my glory a bit. It doesn't really matter. Uh, no, uh, no real problem. I'll, I'll just become slightly less, less uh, of, of a fan of, of, of making sure that, that, that perfection is achieved. I, I, I'll just lower my glory. And actually what happens there is, is that... God becomes less glorious in our eyes and we become less interested in him over time. No, no, the, the God who speaks doesn't do that. Uh, the God who speaks says, I will provide purification. Did you see that? Uh, middle of verse 3, after he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the majesty of in heaven. Uh, sorry, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in, in heaven. In the Old Testament, you had priests. They would, uh, they would kill animals to try and, to try and um, show the kind of uh, the, uh, the messed up brokenness. And the idea would be that the animal had died in the place of, of the people. And, and he'd take some of the blood on a day called the Day of the Atonement. He would go uh, to the place where God was seen to dwell, the Holy of Holies. Uh, and, and, and the priest would step in there for just a few minutes with the blood. This priest sheds his own blood on the cross. They're dying in my place and yours. And he takes his own blood, not to a little tent, but to the very dwelling place of God. And and unlike that priest who goes in there for a few minutes and then has to wait a whole other year to go back in, uh, 
this priest goes into that holy of holies and stays there. Unlike the earthly temple that didn't have any chairs in it, this priest sits down. He's there with God, ready to make intercession whenever it's needed. The writer to the Hebrews says, what better final word could there be than the king of all things? Than the prophet who is God himself speaking to us? Than the priest who's not with God for a few minutes, but who lives and dwells in his presence? That is the final word. Where else could we go? What else could be better. Let me lead us in a prayer. Oh, Father God, we thank you that you do speak. You don't leave us in the dark about who you are. Thank you that sometimes that's really hard for me because I want to be the one who says, I have spoken. Thank you that you don't leave me in the dark. You don't leave us in the dark. But thank you that your final word is not a draconian, horrible word, but one who bears with me in my sinfulness, who dies in my place, who lives with you forever to intercede by your right hand, who shows me what you're like, the very radiance of your glory. Thank you that behind him, there is only more of that gracious, loving God that I see in Christ. Help me to bow the knee to him as king, I pray. Amen.